Uh, hey, ticklish ears. Is that something that you think about a lot? Uh, your ears get ticklish? You know, I, I don't know if you guys ever think about that or if that's like a big kind of struggle point for you in life. Um, but, you know, when you think about taking the Bible super, super literally, uh, you know, I think that the Bible speaks to our issues with ticklish ears. Um, <laughs> uh, 2 Timothy 4 actually does talk about that. It says uh, that people want to get their ears tickled. And you might think, ah, I think I'm good. I'm going to skip this one. I don't think I have a real big problem with that. Uh, but <laughs> when you think super literally. But uh, it's good. That's what our, our NASB will be getting into this text today. And the New American Standard Bible says them wanting to have their ears tickled. It's also talks about it in the NLT. You can see it in the New Living Translation. It says they will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. All right, so that's what we're talking about today, of us wanting to hear something that is just what we want to hear, not necessarily maybe what the Bible might actually be saying. And so I want to ask you today, as we get into the Word of God, what are your ears itching for? What are you ticklish for in your ears? What do you want to hear? And maybe even to start with this question, are you even willing to admit that there are things that you want to hear that the Bible maybe isn't even really saying? I think that's a struggle for all of us. And even no matter where you land on any kind of like ideological spectrum or political spectrum or theological spectrum from left, right, center, wherever you might land on certain things, this is a struggle for all of us, okay? That we want to hear what we want to hear versus maybe what God is saying or what the Bible is actually saying. So this passage today should be a little call out for all of us. I think about it this way, even for like me in, in my life. I remember uh, before I was married, my high school life, did I want to hear that the Bible was talking about not having sex before you got married. No, I didn't want to hear that. But that's what the Bible was saying. So I had to submit myself to the Word of God. Would that, that, that person that doesn't want to hear that say, oh, no, 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 I can, I can kind of like just ignore that one. Do I want to believe in a literal hell? A place that where people are separated from God for eternity and some form of suffering apart from him. Do I want that? Is that what my ears are itching to hear? I just really want that for people. No, no, I don't want that. But as I dig into the word, I'm not, I can't get around that. And when I say can't get around, I can't dig into the text and really study it and then think, oh no, that's not what it says. Like we have ways, like things that we want to hear. Like, do I, like, in my ultimate flesh, do I want to hear the Bible say I'm supposed to give my offering, you know, give money away? No, I want to keep it in my flesh. I want to keep it all for myself. And so a lot of times we can have this sense of our, our ears are itching to hear for the things that we want where we dig into the Word of God and what does God say and what does God want. So for you, what are your ears itching for. And even just starting again, like I said, with that sense of being open to the fact that this could be a possible area of weakness for you, for me. And is it possible that maybe 
our preferences, our traditions, our desire to be the same as our surrounding culture and society. Maybe all of those sorts of things could creep in and make it so that we want to hear something that the Bible isn't saying. And it's important for us to be able to think about that. And so what does the Bible, though, then say about this issue? Well, it talks about it here in 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. So if you haven't already, grab your Bible, grab a device, grab something, turn to 2 Timothy 4. You can just listen to if you want. Uh, and we'll hear what Paul is writing, what God has inspired Paul to write, as we just learned, because if you look back in chapter 3, if you remember the last sermon we had in 2 Timothy a couple weeks ago, was that all Scripture, this verse 16, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching or proof, correction, training in righteousness. Now we get to 4.1, and Paul says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God, so he's like taking a little turn here being, hey, listen up. You might have drifted as you were listening to this letter being read to you, Timothy, or you're, or you're reading this letter from me, Timothy. Like you started to drift off. No, 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 no. Get back here. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom. I don't know how often you sort of write like that in your letters to your friends, but that's like, okay, I'm, I'm getting intense here, buddy. Okay, so pay attention. I'm saying all of this is under Jesus who will one day judge. He will come, he will return, and he will judge the living and the dead. So by that, I want you to hear what I'm going to say. And he says this, preach the word. Very next verses. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled. There you go. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you... Be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. All right, so this message from Paul to this young pastor and evangelist, he says to him, here's what you do. You preach the word of God. And so for us to recognize that, that we are to preach the word. That this is not just for me preaching like this, preaching the word on a stage in a church, but even for all of us to consider, okay, how can this, how does this apply to me in my life? I would think that we are all to speak the words of God to the people that God has placed in our lives. That we would know God's word and then speak God's word to the people that God has given us relationship, influence, and all of that, right? That we are to be speaking the word of God to them. And then even remembering, as, as Matt talked about a couple weeks ago, right here as he's saying the word, you're thinking about the scriptures. They're mostly thinking about the Old Testament scriptures, what we call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible. But you also have now the words, the writings of the apostles, those disciples that were with Jesus himself. And then even Peter, one of those, speaks about Paul's writing as scripture. All right, so these are how we get into then. We've got the New Testament writings of the apostles and Paul that they are 
the Word of God. So we preach the Word of God. We speak that to people. Are, and now, do we know it? Are we able to do that? He says, be ready. You need to be ready at all times. In season and out of season is the language used in this passage. Be ready at all times, in season, out of season, to be able to preach the word, to speak God's word to the people in your life. Now, you kind of think about that, in season, out of season. It's almost like, is there a season, like sports, right? There's a season that you're in, and then there's an off season or something. And it's almost think about like the question of, could Tom Brady throw a touchdown pass in June? Of course he can, okay? Of course he can. He can throw a touchdown pass when there's not, you know, when the NFL is not in season. He's ready. Even sports used to be where people used to, like, the way, like, I don't know, back in maybe 60s, 70s, whatever, sports uh, athletes would come into the season all out of shape. They'd go into training camp, get fit, play the season. The season ends, and it's just like, all right, eat whatever I want, stop, you know, I'm just being lazy and and doing whatever, and then, oh, go back to training camp to get fit again. But then we've learned that that's not actually really great for you, and that doesn't help you get better and progress as an athlete, and so you need to be ready in season and out of season as well. And so uh, sports caught up to what the Bible said a couple thousand years ago of understanding that, that we should be ready for this. And so what I want you to be thinking about for your, your life is that there really isn't an off-season in your kingdom calling. In how God has called you to live your life of purpose for Him, there's no off-season. There's no, uh, I love this quote by Whitney I always forget Whitney's, I always want to think Eli Whitney, but it's, that's the cotton gin guy, I think. But I think it's Donald Whitney. Um, so this guy says that there's no unemployment or retirement in the kingdom of God. Okay? Because you might get fired or quit the job that you make money to do, but that doesn't mean that you're done with your kingdom calling. There's no unemployment in the kingdom of God. There's no off-season in the kingdom of God. Or you might be retired from what you've gotten paid to do over the course of your life. But there's no retirement in the kingdom of God. What God has called you to do, that purpose, that calling for your life of the way that you will serve him in this world... There's just, you don't sort of stop doing that because you get to a certain age or certain things have happened in your life. We never stop. I heard a reference this week to this about 20-year-old sermon by John Piper called Seashells. It was kind of going around in sort of Christian Twitter world. It was referred to on a podcast. But it was this, um, this awesome sermon that he gave at this big conference. And he was talking about how he saw people that would live their whole life and work so hard just so they could have enough money to retire. And he said, I was in Florida, and I just see a bunch of people that retired and were walking around on the beach collecting seashells. And he's just like, you worked your whole life so you could walk on the beach and collect shells? Don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. You are not done you are not done just because you have uh, like got to a certain point in your age or your career or whatever. There is no stopping in that sense in your kingdom calling. So I don't care if you're older and lived a full life and are ready to rest. God's not done with you. There's no off season. I don't care if you, know, you used to volunteer in a certain ministry or you used to work in some sort of ministry job and you feel like you're done with that. No, no, no. There's no 
off-season. I don't care even if you've got kids and you feel like you don't know what's going on. There's no off-season. And I don't care if you're so young that you feel inadequate or you don't know what to do. There's no off-season to what God has called you to. Be ready in season and out of season. Now, I do care if you're burnt out or you're jaded or something's going on in your life in that way. But we're to be intentional then about our rest, about our recovery, about our spiritual direction, our therapy, our time with the Lord. What we need to be able to get back to that point where, okay, now I'm in. There's no off season in the kingdom of God. Be ready in season and out of season. To be able to speak the word of God. To be able to live out your calling, as he says to Timothy, I mean, yeah, to Timothy here. And, and what are you then supposed to do with the word? There's, there's three things that it says in this passage. A few main things, and he tells you kind of how to do it, though. One is to reprove, right? Reprove is in here. It's a weird word that we don't really use in our life. But it means to expose, to convince, to correct. Now, what's so good is that you preach the word. You speak the word of God, and the word of God will expose, convince, and correct. The Holy Spirit will do that work. The burden's not on you. Preach the word and the word will do these things. We're to rebuke. But again, the burden's not on us. The burden is on us to, to preach the word and, and trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he will warn. He will call out. He will reprimand. So you probably have people in your life, you go back, that need to have things exposed or convinced or corrected. Or they need to be warned or called out or reprimanded on some things. But, like, again, trust in the Word of God to do that. You exhort, it says also, to exhort through our preaching and speaking of the Word of God. And to exhort is to, it's another word that's like just not a word we use nowadays, even though this is our translation here. But it's to encourage, to urge, strongly urge, exhort, and to comfort, though. It's also got that element to it. So, again, the Word of God will do that. And then it says to do all of that with great patience and instruction. Okay? Not yelling, not, uh, you know, not slamming them, not thinking you're getting them. I'm going to get you with this. I got you with this whole point I'm going to make. No, it's with great patience. We even already saw back in chapter uh, 2 where it says with gentleness. Right? That we're to do this with, with gentleness. So patience, gentleness, and with instruction. We're to preach the word. So we, we get into the word, and then we do that. All right? Now, then it goes into this next bit in the middle. Okay? 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 5, that has this whole thing of don't get your ears tickled, but have a clear head. Right? Because it says, for the time will come when they'll not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they'll accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and turn away from the truth and will turn aside to myths. He says, but you be sober in all things. Sober, to have a clear head. To have a clear head about what you are learning, what you are hearing, what you are speaking. So again, this ears tickle, this kind of means more of to indulge an itching, to indulge this itching, that this thing that we want or feel like we need so bad, and just to indulge that is kind of like this sense that we get here, right? And again, when it comes to 
theology or ideology or whatever that might be of like the way that we think or act in this world today, I think that, again, we have people on left, right, and center who all would struggle with this, okay? Would all struggle with wanting to hear only what we want to hear. And it's, it's, it's hard. Like, I mean, this is stuff is crazy and hard in this day and age in the church. Like, we've literally had people leave Calvary in this last year because we were too hard on sin, and then other people because we were too soft on sin. And I'm like, huh, I don't know how I did both those things at the same time, but I guess I did. You know, and it's like, okay, well, what is it that, you know, you're thinking about what, what people want to hear, and they're just listening for that. Now, this is, uh, you, you think about pleasing people. We even sang like a song of like wanting to please God, not pleasing other people. And we know, and I know, that my, like, my role here, even as I preach the word, is to please God and not people, not try to tickle ears, so to speak, right? And so I know that I have to trust in the Lord and seek him, be in his word, be in prayer, wise counsel, all of that, right? As then I try to preach what God's word says and not just what people want to hear. But it's been wild. When you think about this year with, with COVID stuff, you take a whole group of people that were already, that were like-minded, even a group of people that were like-minded, not even the people that were already sort of divided, but a whole group of people that were like-minded and then you throw in masks and vaccines and whether you should meet in person or not and all of that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, guess what? We all totally disagree with each other about everything. And you cannot say anything that everybody will agree with, right? It's just literally impossible. So it was just like, ah, all right, cool. It makes it easier at some level just to say, I'm going to do what God is calling us to do and what we feel like God is, you know, calling us to do. And you can't even be tempted to try and please people anymore because it's so divided, right? Um, and so that can help. Uh, but it is just a wild time that we live in because then at the same time, everybody still wants to hear what they want to hear, right? At the same time, even though it's Im literally impossible. So that's just kind of a, the crazy thing about our world. And that's not just in the church. I mean, that's in your family relationships, friendships, work relationships, whatever that is, right? You've got all of that going on. Everybody has some level of experiencing what that is like. And there's real pain points with some of this stuff. I mean, we really think we have like strongly held beliefs and we have things that we care about. And not just COVID stuff, but the things that, the ways we would want the church to be, the ways that we want our life to be, the things that we've held on to so strongly that might be even an area of personal preference or tradition or what society speaks into our lives. But we care about that stuff. And it's hard. Like, this stuff's not easy. And so it takes a lot of, of really seeking the Lord in this. What are we going to do? What are we going to hold as most important? And so I want you to think about this in your life. What then theologically or ideologically, what philosophically, you know, these ideas that you want so bad personally that maybe you don't even care what the Bible says about it, right? This is just something that I want. A lot of these, what are some of these, like, what are some of these things today? I think um, the area of sexuality, gender, identity, all of that, it's a huge area of struggle for a lot of people that want to 
hear what they want to hear. They don't care what the Bible might say about these issues or even can do some serious gymnastics around parts of the scriptures to be able to have it say what you want it to say. Broad is the gate that leads to destruction. Many find it. Stay on the narrow path that leads to life and righteousness. That's in Matthew 7. I think that a lot of times we want to hear like kind of what the like prosperity gospel, health, wealth gospel people might say that if you follow Jesus, you're going to have a good life. If you follow Jesus, you'll be rich. If you follow Jesus, you'll be healthy and well. If you follow Jesus, everything's going to go right for you. That's like very tempting to only hear messages that are encouraging and just kind of make you feel good instead of messages that sometimes might challenge you or call you out on stuff or even show you some of God's judgment and wrath at times, right? There's, there's that. Like, it's very tempting for us just to want to hear those encouraging words only. You've got the teachers that go along with every trend of what's right and wrong rather than what God's word says. You've got teachers that promote political solutions over maybe biblical or spiritual solutions or gospel-centered solutions. You've got teachers that never talk about suffering or discipline or hard things in that way. You've got teachers that are just sort of self-help specials or comedy specials or whatever, like those sorts of things, like where we just want to hear something light. I just want to hear something comfortable. Basically, I want to hear something that agrees with me. And we create these, we hear this word a lot lately in sort of the, the, our political world, that we create these echo chambers, right? These, these worlds where it's like we basically want to look into a mirror. We just want to look into a mirror, and it's maybe that like when you look into a series of mirrors and you've got that infinity thing of yourself that goes on forever, you're like, ah, perfect. I just want to see me forever, uh, you know? And we have these echo chambers where all we hear is our own voice. And when we hear everything that we already think, we think that's what's good. And that's what's hard is that's not necessarily what's good or what's right. And so we have to be willing to be shaped by God's word. Uh, I love this quote by Tim Keller. It says, if your God never disagrees with you, you might just be worshiping an idealized version of yourself. Yeah. But left, right, and center, folks, okay? If your God never disagrees with you, not just talking the end of those other people, right? You're all thinking about the other people. You got to stop doing this, start doing this, okay? Stop thinking about the other people, start thinking about you a little bit, okay? Because we've got these whole echo chambers and it's bad, but how do we stop this? How can we stop turning away from truths, turning to myths? How do we stop ourselves from that? How do we become this form of being sober-minded? I think what the strength of a good local church can be is a church that teaches the whole Bible and a, a church that teaches from the Bible, okay? This is, this is a way that we can be thinking about this. Now, here at Calvary, we, we are a church that believes in preaching through the Word of God. We preach through the text of the Bible. Now, that's like, so that's why we're probably, I don't know what, maybe 80% of the time we're going through a book. Like 2 Timothy, we did Hebrews, we did Ecclesiastes, we did Mark. We, you know, we, that's what we're doing. We're going through a book of the Bible. Now, sometimes we're also talking through a topic. Like sometimes we're talking through something like, and, and sometimes a topical message. You know, there's this kind of thing of like, ooh, they just preach topical messages. Sometimes that can be like, sometimes that can be 
systematic theology. That's teaching theology. It's like a topic of the Holy Spirit. I want to teach you about the Holy Spirit, or I want to teach you about how to, I want to do a series soon on spiritual practices, disciplines, that kind of a thing, right? Where we're thinking about that. We're going to be doing a series soon on what we value. What do we value most as a church? And we're centering that on God's Word, but how do we get into what we value and have an understanding of that? But vast majority of the time we're just preaching through God's word and we genuinely if you don't know we're like trying to preach through every single book of the Bible like I even have this you might think this is weird but I have this whole sheet that since and I only could go back so far but we went back to like the beginning of when Dave Mitchell first started as senior pastors about 25 years ago so from then till now and I literally have like strike throughs on what like with all the books of the Bible and which ones we've done we've done some more than once but we're trying to make sure I want to cover all of them I want us to be able to say hey we've done all of them and that we're not just avoiding hard ones or you know or ones that you might think are more boring or something right <laughs> like, but that's how because we preach through all of the scriptures and then you're not avoiding the stuff that might challenge you a little bit because it's pretty easy to pick and choose and just get into whatever you might think. But okay, so you should be in a church that teaches the whole Bible, which you are here hopefully, and, uh, and, and you should both be encouraged by the teaching and challenged by it as well. Not just one or the other. It should be both. Find things that, that you sort of are like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I think about that. And then things that you very much agree with. I think the other way like that you can become sober-minded and stop turning away from the truth, the biggest thing is for you to be in the Bible yourself, okay? Be reading the Bible yourself. Make sure that you are spending that time in the Word of God. And so if that's like not something that's a regular part of your daily practice, then start. Get something going. Like get a Bible, a Bible reading plan if you need it. Get an app. The YouVersion Bible app is great. You can find little reading plans on there that you can go through. You can read the whole Bible in a year if you want to read it that way. You can read uh, less than that. Focus on reading a smaller chunk for a while. Read the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts or something like that. If you want to get into what's that, okay, what's the story of Jesus and the story of the early church. If you want to read one psalm a day, whatever it might be, just get in the Word of God and then begin to study it more deeply and know the Word of God so that way when you hear something you recognize that that's not actually in the Word of God. When people are telling you something that's not to go down some way or to think something that that's not in the Word of God. And so we want to be about the Word of God. Another way that you can do this if you've been a Christian for a long time is, this is going to sound maybe weird to some of you, okay, is to defamiliarize yourself with the text. I just heard this on a, um, there's this great uh, podcast that's put on by Biola called Think Biblically, but there was something they said for people that have been long-time, um, long-time Christians that have been in the Word for a long time. You might, you'll read things and you'll just all of a sudden already hear everything that you've heard in maybe a sermon about that or you've thought about that for a long time and it's like not really striking you afresh in some way or you're not really getting the message, right, of that passage. And so just try and say, okay, I just want to hear this for this passage and just what it says and not all my preconceived notions and ideas about it. Lord, what are you saying to me through this passage of Scripture? And so you kind of have to like get rid of a lot of those preconceived opinions and thoughts. And I'd say to you, know what you believe before, 
like arguments or challenges come. Like have a sense of what you believe so you won't just get pushed to, the, to, like, to and fro from side to side whenever there's some new whim of culture or society or politics or something, but know what you believe. And so that's why even here at Calvary, we've got a set of doctrines, like doctrinal statement of all these beliefs. If you've never seen that, then you can check it out at calvarylife.org beliefs. And uh, even today, we actually, I'll talk about it more later, but we have our membership class this afternoon, and that's something that we go through in a little bit more detail of what are these beliefs and everything we believe about the Bible, about sin, about Jesus, about the Trinity, about marriage, about uh, the end times and all that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, here's this set of our core doctrine and that this is the stuff that we really can't be pushed, you know, to and fro about, that this is what we're set on. And so I just encourage you to read through that if you haven't or if it's been a long time since you have, I encourage you to read through that and to have that sense of, okay, I have worked on these issues or if there's even other issues that aren't like addressed in our doctrinal statement, but you just wonder about, work through that. And then, you know, when you start to get pushed by, like I said, by society or politics or your, even your traditions or preferences, you're like, okay, no, 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 no. The word of God says this, right? You've, you've done that work so you can't be pushed to and fro. So we need to be in the word of God. Let's not be people that just get our ears tickled, that just, just want to hear what we want to hear, but we actually just want to dig into the Word of God. And then what Paul says to Timothy is he says, then, then now fulfill your purpose. Focus on this. He says, be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. So Paul, speaking to this younger pastor about his life, and he is this pastor and evangelist. He's like, so do the work of an evangelist. Now, his, his calling was to be an evangelist. We all have been commanded to be evangelists. Some of us have the spiritual gift, gifting in that, and some of us have that calling of just everything our life is about. We all have that command to be evangelists. And then God says, fulfill your ministry. So what is your ministry calling that God has called you? The way that he has shaped you, the way that he has given you gifts and talents and experiences and passions and things you care about and then spiritual gifting to then go into the world and make a difference for his kingdom. He says, focus on that. Focus on the gospel and then focus on your ministry purpose in your life. This is not something in a church that you're going to do necessarily. This is what you're going to do out there. How you're going to live your life and make an impact for the kingdom of God out in the world. And so what has God called you to do in this? And focus on that. Don't focus on masks and vaccines and stupid stuff like that. Who cares? Don't waste your life. I don't have people sending me emails and talking to me about how can I not waste my life. I've got people talking to me about stupid stuff. (laughs) Masks and vaccines and whatever, music preferences. I just want you to care about what matters. We're not going to make a difference in this world 
if we're focused on like what the style of music is in our church. Okay? God doesn't care. I just, I want us to care about what matters. Okay? I know. So what, what kingdom purpose is God giving you to fulfill? And do it. Make an impact for his kingdom in this world. Care about what he cares about. Preach the word. Be ready. Be ready. And you're not done. You're not done. And you're not too young. You're not too old. You're not too busy. God's got a purpose for your life. And you like, just need to respond to his calling. Prepare yourself to go out there and make a difference for the kingdom of God. And stop being distracted by all this other stuff. Just really, just stop being distracted by all this other stuff. And that's what, like, I think that's part of why God gave us the, the practice of communion, okay? God gave us this, this sacrament of communion is because we get so off track. And he says, no, 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 come back. This is what matters, okay? What matters is Jesus his life, death, burial, and resurrection. Let's, like, turn your attention to that. And that's the gospel. And that's doing the work of an evangelist and recognizing what my life should be about. It's about that. It's not all that other stuff. It's about that. So God's calling you right now as we're about to, to celebrate and remember and give thanks to God for Jesus, for giving his very life for us and him coming back to life again on the third day and power over sin and death and all of that and him canceling our debt of sin and calling us to an eternity with him forever. That's awesome. That's something to celebrate. That's something to get excited about. That's something to have your life be about. Get excited about that. And so God is redirecting us right now, here and now, to say this is what your life is to be about, okay? It's to be about me, Jesus. I died for you. Be grateful. Tell somebody else about it. So let's pray. We're going to sing a song. You're going to prepare your heart. Whatever kind of business you need to do with God about what I said, if you're really mad about all the stuff I just said, maybe especially if you really liked what I just said, maybe even then too, you know, like that kind of a thing. Like whatever. Don't just get your ears tickled but do business with the Lord. What is God calling you to do and how should you respond to him? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we need you so bad. God, we are sinners. Destined for hell. Destined for an eternity apart from you, God. And so, God, we thank you. You sent your son, Jesus, that, Jesus, you were willing to die upon the cross to take our sins upon yourself, that you forgive us, that you give us that grace, that mercy we don't deserve. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We remember what you've done. We remember that you did not stay dead, that you rose again on the third day. God, we celebrate. We celebrate that. 
So God, I pray that you would work in our hearts. You'd work in our minds. Of all that stuff, the ways that we're distracted by our own preferences, by our traditions, and by society and culture trying to tell us how to live. God, help us just to live how you want us to live. Your word says how to live. May we submit ourselves fully to you in this moment. Fully to you in your word. I will do whatever you say, God. In Jesus' name.